that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Soccer here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. <clears throat> it's uh, been a interesting weather day in Louisville. A lot of rain early on and then winds, but at least looking at my window right now, it looks pretty decent out there. But <clears throat> ready for it to get back to fall weather. It looks like it's going to this and yesterday. What a big weekend for sports in Kentucky. Uh, with Kentucky traveling to LSU to face the Tigers, Louisville hosting NC State. I think that's uh, a, a very easy, winnable game for Louisville. We'll set up well uh, with Louisville's schedule and then being able to get some time off to take on Florida State. Uh, but that that should be a, a nice uh, a nice bounce back game for Louisville. And then obviously Big Blue Madness on Friday night, the premier recruiting event for UK basketball during the year. All that's this weekend. We'll talk about a little bit of of that today and throughout the week, Uh, but there's plenty more to talk about today. Today I'm going to give my SEC power rankings that I give out on Tuesdays. I I don't have last week's rankings in front of me. I've got an idea of how they were, but again, I, I switched computers, so everything here is new. Uh, but we'll keep track of the rankings this week moving forward, so we'll be able to track my progress and see how well I do. Probably a blessing in disguise that I lost it from last week. I think I had Ole Miss pretty far down the list, uh, but a crow yesterday, so we'll move on from that. So I'll give my SEC power rankings today. KFC Yum Center first and second round, or I guess second and third round as they call it. Tickets go on sale again for the KFC Yum Center. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on in the show today, and while and why you should, if you haven't, if you plan on following UK in the NCAA tournament, you should buy those tickets. I don't. I've heard so many UK fans and so many fans and even Louisville fans that want to go to the NCAA tournament or even possibly resell those tickets, question if UK is going to be there and what if they have a bad year and or what if this happens or if they're not the top number one overall seed. Kentucky will be in the KFC Yum Center, guaranteed. The only way that they're not is if somehow they ended up being a 10 seed. I guess if there's a chance that they were a 8 or 9 seed, there maybe could could not be. But even even if they were 8 or 9 I think regardless, they, the, the NCAA and the selection committee, they try to benefit teams playing close to home regardless of their seed. It's just usually they cater them, cater it to the, to the top seed. So we'll talk a little bit more about this on the show later, but uh, Kentucky will be there, I promise. But it, it's always a luxury, whether it's Louisville playing in Rupp Arena or Kentucky playing in the KFC Yum Center to get those first two games of the NCAA tournament to virtually be in your backyard. They're not necessarily uh, locks to win. you think they, they're they about as close as locks as could be, but you've seen teams play uh, very close. I mean, it seems like Duke and North Carolina play, with, play in the state of North Carolina every year in their first two games, uh, and Duke or North Carolina don't make it to the Sweet 16 every year, so it's not an automatic win. 
But in terms of Kentucky and Louisville, it's it's the perfect setup to get to the Sweet 16. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. Uh, SEC Commissioner Mike Slive is announced today that he will step down at the end of July next year. Uh, he's got some uh, medical procedures that he's going to to focus on. He'll still w- work with the SEC. Uh, we'll talk more about that today, who could be possible replacements, but I'll just say this. Uh, what he did for the SEC shouldn't be forgotten. Uh, just an unbelievable job by him. Commissioners, commissioners and athletic directors, I feel a lot of time, don't get the praise that they deserve. But he has turned the SEC into this brand that I never thought conferences could could achieve this level of, I guess, this brand level, be as popular as they are. And now you got you have people hating the SEC that that aren't involved in the SEC, and you have every national media outlet and analyst and game show and this and that talking about the SEC. So. Uh, and that's all. That's all because of Mike Slive. It's it's has to be a good feeling to be able to to get out on top like that. I, I mean, literally on top. The SEC can't be much better. It's the only way it could have been better is if Auburn beats Florida State in the national championship last year. Kentucky beats Connecticut, and then you have an SEC team win the football title this year. You have an SEC basketball team win the title next year. I guess that would be. Uh, going out even more on top, but uh, just an unbelievable run. So we'll talk a little bit more about replacements later on the show. Yates, how are you today? Doing well, TJ. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. Uh, just getting by, doing some work, doing this and that. Uh, I guess let's hop into the show and get into my SEC power rankings. Um, again, I've got a new computer and there is some sort of noise coming from somewhere on my computer, but I'm not sure where. So maybe I'll find that out during the break. Anyways, uh, let's get to my SEC t- power rankings while we're while we're on the subject. And as always, you can tweet in the show at T Walker Rivals. Curious to see how you feel about my SEC power rankings, where I'm. Where you agree and, and where I went wrong. Obviously, I had over. Uh, I was off on Ole Miss. They were. Uh, they they didn't get the credit that they deserved. I admitted that yesterday, so they're going to get a nice bump in my SEC power rankings. Uh, but the two easiest picks right now for me again. I said Ole Miss might have a better resume. I still feel Mississippi State's a better team. So the t- the easiest picks to make right now are that Mississippi State's number one. I. I I really believe that they're the best team in college football. The best team in college football. I don't think that's crazy to say that. And, and based on their talent, and they've got a quarterback that uh, reminds you a lot of other very successful quarterbacks that have been able to run and throw in the SEC. Different styles, obviously, than Cam Newton and, and Tim Tebow, but the way that they can control a game is very similar, and it worked out well for those guys. So I don't see why it wouldn't. It, it, it won't continue to work out well for Dak Prescott. So that's the easy pick is putting Mississippi State number one, and it's another easy pick to put Vanderbilt number 14. I, I just It's unbelievable. I would like to read a story on it or, or somebody that is more in the know than I am with the collapse of Vanderbilt football, but how can you have a team that was so successful last year 
and so successful the past few years collapsed the way that they have this year. And they have a new coach, obviously, and they lost some talented players. They lost a lot of talented players. But still, it's you would think that the depth that James Franklin was building, and he was having good recruiting classes, much better recruiting classes than Vanderbilt was used to, you'd think that that depth would help uh, prevent this sort of thing. And I, I'm sure that's why Derek Mason took this job, never imagining that, uh, that they could have a year like this. Uh, this is a team that went nine and four last year, four and four in the SEC. That doesn't happen at Vanderbilt. That's not normal at Vanderbilt. And then this year, they're already 0 and four in the SEC. They're not going to win an SEC game. They beat UMass by three at home. They beat – well, that's their only other Division One win. Uh, they beat Charleston Southern by one at home this past weekend. So their two wins are combined by four points, and their closest margin of defeat was Kentucky losing by 10. Uh, so no single-digit losses for the Commodores. It's just it's very easy to put them last, uh, and right now it's pretty easy to put Mississippi State number one. Now finding out everything in between is a little bit tougher in my opinion. Uh, Texas A&M is going to get a, a nice drop because they made me they embarrassed me last week, but uh, we'll get to that. So number two right now, the second best team in the SEC in my opinion. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Alabama. Uh, I know that they lost to Ole Miss, and I obviously will have Alabama ranked higher than Ole Miss, but I, I'm still on the Alabama bandwagon. I don't know why. I think they're going to take care of business at home. They should take care of business at home. Uh, they still have a good defense. They're obviously one of the – if they're the best coach team in the SEC. Uh, they're going to get Texas A&M at home this weekend. That should be a win. At Tennessee, you wouldn't imagine would be a loss. So, I, I got more sound playing on my computer that I just don't know where it's coming from. But – uh, I think Alabama is going to be okay. That's not uh, – it was kind of a collapse when they lost to Ole Miss. Like I mentioned last week, Ole Miss obviously a good team. But just more sound. Yeah, it's together. This, uh, this new, these new computers that I'm getting. All right, I've got to figure it out now. Apologize for the inconvenience. So number three, I've got Alabama. At number two. Number three, I'm going to go Ole Miss. I, I think they're really good. The SEC is really good overall. That's the thing people need to understand is that the SEC is loaded. What happens one week shouldn't necessarily dictate what your season outlook or how good of a team or how bad of a team that you are. Uh, but Ole Miss has a, a very solid resume. To be able to beat Alabama at home was a great win. And then to go to Texas A&M and, and dominate the Aggies the way that they did was very impressive. I think they have uh, one of, if not the best defense in the SEC, probably the best defense in the SEC. Uh, they're, they're really, really good. Uh, number four is an easy one for me, Auburn. I, I think Auburn's 
extremely talented. Uh, they just walked into a very tough game at Mississippi State, a very wet and sloppy game, and uh, played well. Just it was a it was a game. It was an atmosphere. It was a, a buildup that was all favoring Mississippi State. Like Alabama, Auburn has a target on their back, and and playing at Mississippi State like that was a game that they circled and and, and keyed in on winning, and, and they were able to execute just enough to beat Auburn. I still think Auburn's good. I have a tough time putting Ole Miss above Auburn, but right now it's close, and and I think they're uh, they'll play each other, obviously. So we'll find out more about that later on in the year. So number five for me, where do I? Do I do I head to the do I finally head to the SEC East or do I stay in the West? I'm going to head to the East. I'm going to put Georgia. Uh, now here's the thing, Kentucky fans, you need to be cheering for Georgia to lose to Arkansas this weekend. And, and I'm very curious about that game. I think that's one of the key games to watch this weekend is Georgia at Arkansas. It's going to be four o'clock on SEC Network, but. Arkansas can score the ball, and Georgia's proven all year that they're able to score the ball too. So that could be a shootout. Uh, Arkansas not able to score the ball on Alabama, but Alabama, again, has one of the better defenses. So, uh, and, and if you're a Kentucky fan, you need Arkansas to win this game. That would, If not, Georgia's going to move to 4-1 and one in the SEC uh, with games against Florida on a neutral field. You feel that was a win. Uh, and then you'd have Kentucky and Auburn to finish out their SEC season it would virtually have to be a must win for Kentucky if they wanted to compete for that SEC championship and even then Kentucky would have to do some work so you're definitely rooting for an Arkansas win on Saturday I do have Georgia above Arkansas obviously but I do think the the Razorbacks get that win there we'll have to wait and see Uh, so number six for me I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kentucky at number six I'm gonna put them right behind Georgia I do feel Georgia is a better team how they last the rest of the season without Todd Gurley or however long Todd Gurley's out will be interesting to see. A big win without him at Missouri, holding the Tigers scoreless in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, that's very impressive. Their only loss coming to South Carolina, looking more and more like a bad loss with uh, how poor of a season South Carolina's having. But uh, I'm going to put Georgia there. And Kentucky at six above Arkansas, like I mentioned. Uh, And number seven, going to have Arkansas. I feel that Arkansas's – I like Arkansas. I like their team. I know they haven't won an SEC game in quite some time, and uh, I know that they've had some close losses this year. But uh, I feel that they're turning the corner. I know they're three and three in the year, and that, that might be a little bit too high. I might have to reevaluate the Arkansas at number seven. Uh, I think I, when I was making my notes before the show, that might have been a mistake. Okay, we're going we're gonna to scratch Arkansas. That was not what I meant to do at number seven. I do have them close by, but not yet at number seven. Uh, so hang with me here. So number seven here is going to, after Kentucky, Kentucky's number six. I'm going back to the SEC West, and I am I, – I, I'm – Compelled to say that LSU slightly over Arkansas, Arkansas at number eight. I know that Texas A&M beat Arkansas. I just feel that those two teams are trending different ways. I think Arkansas is going to bounce back from a narrow loss to 
Alabama, I, I feel LSU is just better than them right now. Uh, so number nine, I'm going to go with Texas A&M. I know that they just got embarrassed at home to Ole Miss, a really embarrassing loss. But really, I don't know if there's anybody in the East right now that you can say is better than they are. Uh, number 10, going with Tennessee. I feel Tennessee is okay. Just an okay team. Uh, we'll have a good chance in most games, especially their home games, uh, but still have a lot to figure out as, a, as an offense, especially uh, no excuse really for that Florida loss. I, I'm not high on Florida. Uh, I'm going to go Florida 11. I know they beat Tennessee. I know they beat Kentucky. Uh, but both those games, if one thing changes, they don't win either of them. I know they won at Tennessee. I'm just, I, I, I feel that it maybe – once they get a healthy and full eligible lineup, that may change. Uh, number 12, going South Carolina. Not – it's, a, it's a, a really bad and down year for Spurrier. 13, Missouri. I wasn't high on them last week. Certainly not high on them anymore. New Georgia would win there. New Georgia would cover whatever spread it would be. I didn't think that they'd win by 34. Uh, but Missouri, again, lost to home at Indiana. The writing was on the wall. They went down and, and beat a South Carolina team that was coming off an emotional win. Uh, it took it, it just maybe overlooked Missouri a little bit. And then last, obviously, Vanderbilt. So that's the SEC uh, power rankings. Uh, struggled to get that out there a little bit. Uh, a lot going on with this new computer that I have not quite figured out. And, of course, I go all day working on it without any problems, surf the web and do this and that and write write a couple stories, go on all the different rivals pages. And then once, of course, the radio show comes on, a complete meltdown on my computer. So, uh, we're, uh, so thanks for putting up with a, a little bit of a distracted host there during that first segment. But we're going to head to our commercial break. I'm going to figure out these computer problems, I promise. And then we'll come back and uh, plenty more to talk about. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here, second segment, 1450, the Sports Buzz. I think for the most part, I've gotten, I, I figured out the sound problems on my computer. Rob Blackhawk said that he could hear typing. Uh, that isn't a sound problem. That's just a me typing problem. So uh, I'll try to type more softly when I do it during the air. But uh, that's needed to get those computer problems figured out before the show, and I didn't. So SEC tickets, not SEC, NCAA tournament tickets go on sale. They've been on sale if you're a KFC Yum Center season ticket holder for a little bit, but they went on sale to the public today, and you could buy those. And like I mentioned earlier, if you are a Kentucky fan and you're planning on going to this, uh, you want to follow Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, you're planning on traveling – uh, regardless of where they go, or if you want to go but you don't want to travel far, it doesn't matter either way. Kentucky is going to be in Louisville 
they're just they're going to one because Kentucky's going to have a, a good year and they're going to be a, a top three seed. Uh, I, I feel pretty confident about uh, two. Even if they're not, something crazy would have to happen to keep them out of the Yum Center, and I don't expect that to be the case. And it, it, three, the NCAA realizes what kind of draw Kentucky to the KFC Yum, Yum Center was in 2012. They're not going to miss out on that in 2015. So they're, they're going to be there, uh, and you can get tickets on Ticketmaster. There's a pre-sale code, M Madness, the M for March Madness, all capital letters. And, and then if you don't use that code, you can get the tickets on Saturday at 10 a.m. Now, Here's it kind of made me curious when I uh, found out about the tickets, and obviously you've known Louisville was going to host second and, and third round games, much like they did in 2012, for quite some time. Here's the thing, and this, this is unfortunate for Kentucky, and Kentucky was able to play their first and second round games in St. Louis last year in the to get to the Sweet 16, obviously, beating Kansas State and Wichita State. It actually turned out to be bad because Kansas State and Wichita State, uh, not a far drive to St. Louis and, and have a, a fan base there. But that was the closest destination for Kentucky last year, and there weren't a lot of others that were super close. Uh, so it worked out well for Kentucky to be able to play there. At the beginning of the year, that was kind of the destination that you circled, uh, and, and fans and media members do this. When trying to map out March, you get if you, the earlier you do it, the cheaper hotels you get. You can guarantee a hotel, and uh, the tickets, cheaper tickets you can get if you plan it right. So this year, uh, so it's unfortunate that this year Louisville is hosting because you know that's a, a no-brainer. That's just an hour away. But if it weren't Louisville, Columbus is also hosting, and that's. Not too far away by any means. That's really close. Uh, that, that would be a, a trip that UK fans would travel well to. Also, Pittsburgh, which is not super far away either. They're hosting, and, and that will be in a, in a nice facility as well and be an easy road trip for UK fans. But as you have it, those are second third round other hosts. Some of the other ones are Charlotte. Uh, again, not a terrible drive. Uh, Jacksonville, that's getting a little bit too far away. Omaha is another one. Uh, so you, uh, as you have it, you've got Louisville when you do have a lot of close options. you got Omaha, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. And Seattle but, and, and Portland. Seattle and Portland, uh, which is kind of weird that they'd have both those so close to one another. But uh Cats will be in Louisville. If they weren't, they could have been in Columbus. That would have been nice. They could have been in Pittsburgh. That would have been okay. Could have been in Charlotte. That's okay. Uh, but they'll be in Louisville for the first and second round games or the second and third round games, depending on who you ask. Then after that, the Cats are going to have to travel regardless. There's Cleveland that will be hosting. That's not too far away for the NCAA tournament. I know it's way too early to be talking about this, but it's never too early to plan ahead. Everybody knows that. Cleveland isn't too far away. And that could be the Sweet 16 Elite Eight game. Uh, you know, that's not in UK's backyard. You'd rather maybe be within four hours or less, but 
can't complain too much. But after that, if it's if it's not Cleveland, I don't know what kind of UK fan presence is going to be at these Sweet 16 Elite Eight games, and that's not necessarily good news. Uh, obviously, last year was Indianapolis, and it it set up for the best setup for a Sweet 16 Elite Eight game possible. You had the furthest team away from Indianapolis being Tennessee, which is a fan base that travels well and still had a, a decent output. You had Michigan there, who brought a ton of fans, and then obviously Louisville and Kentucky brought a ton, a ton of fans for one of the better, probably the best Sweet 16 atmosphere that you're ever going to see. Uh, you're not going to see this, you're not going to see that this year. So Cleveland will host, and that's going to be an arena Sweet 16 Elite Eight, which I always think is is better than a dome setting. You can't get the big crowds like last year in Lucas Oil, but uh, it can be a, a much more rowdy environment. So if it's not Cleveland for Kentucky, then it could be Syracuse, and that would bring back nightmares of the 2010 Elite Eight when Kentucky shoots 432 from three and loses to West Virginia. Uh, I was at that regional in Syracuse, and unless I have to work it and I am forced to cover those games, I will never go back to the Carrier Dome unless I have to. They could have a national championship game at the Carrier Dome for whatever reason, and they could put me at midcourt front row, and I would not be interested in going back there. Syracuse is a great town. It's a fun college town. It's got great food. It's uh, the people there are, I wouldn't say super friendly, but they're definitely not mean. It's 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 nice. The people are nice for the most part. It's not an awful drive. It's not the easiest drive to make from Louisville or Lexington, but not an awful drive. Town's great. You get to see Canada along the way, and that's always fun. But not not a trip that I would make again just because the Carrier Dome is awful. Awful place to watch a, a basketball game, especially. I don't know if it's an awful place to watch a football game. If Syracuse is playing, that's probably the case. I've never been there to to watch a football game, but in, in terms of basketball, I'll never go back, and unlikely that I'll ever go for football. So the other destinations besides Syracuse are Houston. That's far away. And Los Angeles, obviously, super far away. Uh, you're going to have your... You're going to have your... Arizona will be out there for sure. Could have Kansas out there. It just depends who how the season uh, plays out. But it'll be interesting because you don't really have a southern site for these Sweet 16 Elite Eight games. So you're going to have – and they definitely try to play to geography as they showed last year by having that loaded Midwest region. You could have teams like Duke – Kentucky, Louisville, UNC, Syracuse. Syracuse can't play in Syracuse, so they would likely go to Cleveland. But you're going to have a, a Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, who's going to be a really talented team. You're likely going to see a lot of those teams uh, if they have the seasons that they want and, and, and they're going to try to play, uh, try to have them play as close to home as possible, which for a lot of those teams isn't close regardless, you could have a lot of those teams end up in the Cleveland-Syracuse region. I, don't, I, region. I don't necessarily know what to expect. Who would go to Houston? Kentucky could end up in Houston. Who knows? Uh, Florida likely would be a Houston candidate based on how what, how what 
kind of season they have. Uh, so the way, and, and, you know, there's no real point in talking about it right now. The NCAA tournament proved last year that when they see teams, they don't necessarily have any rhyme or reason when they do it. Uh, but I think this year could you could see some really uh, some loaded regions and a lot of upset people. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. And then, of course, the Final Fours and Indianapolis, Lucas Oil, yeah, likely to whoever's there. It's a that's a great spot to host college basketball, whether it was Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight last year or the Final Four in 2010. A great. A great setting for big-time basketball and obviously drivable for Louisville and Kentucky fan bases. But the point is, and this is what happened in 2010. This was, 2010 was the first time Kentucky basketball was competitive since 2005 and had postseason, uh, had a chance to go deep in the postseason and fans had to worry about planning. So 2010, the majority of Kentucky fans – traveled to Nashville for the SEC tournament. It was the first time that they had won the SEC tournament in a long time. A lot of UK fans wanted to be there for that. Uh, after that, the first and second round games were in New Orleans. Not an easy drive for Kentuckians, so a lot of UK fans didn't go. After that, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games were in Syracuse. And, and that, again, not a super easy drive, not a really hard drive, but it is, it's probably about a nine-hour trip. You have to be committed to it. Uh, it's, it's a lot for a weekend. But Kentucky played Cornell, and then all they had to do was beat West Virginia. And I think a lot of UK fans went, all right, I'm going to put all my money into the SEC tournament, forget the other NCAA tournament games, and then I'll go to the Final Four in Indy. I was at that Final Four. Uh, my parents did buy tickets, and I wanted to go because I'd never been. A uh, great experience, but a ton of UK fans there just wearing their UK clothes. Uh, so it'll have a similar feel to that minus the Louisville game. Uh, everybody's going to be in Louisville, but it's got a it's got a feel and a build up to it that, regardless of where UK goes in the regional Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight games, nobody's going to go to that. Uh, but that's quite enough basketball talk uh, for one October day. That's, this seems like it could be a radio show. That well, actually, I'm just kidding. I'm going to keep talking basketball. And I know there's a lot of good football, but we've got all week to talk about that. Uh, SEC Network, this is a big story. This is a big topic people are talking about on Twitter. The free Big Blue Madness hashtag has been trending. You've seen a lot of UK players tweet it out. And here's the reason why. SEC Network right now, has the rights to air Big Blue Madness. But they're not going to. And they're going to instead air a volleyball game, an SEC volleyball game. Uh, and Big Blue Madness will not be shown. ESPN or ESPNU is doing a, a Midnight Madness preview show on Friday, and they always do this where they go in and show clips and pieces of Big Blue Madness, but then they'll, they'll, they'll pan out, they'll go back to the studio, and then they'll go to another uh, Midnight Madness somewhere else. So that's not showing Big Blue Madness its entirety. 
but the SEC Network could. That's the rights when the SEC Network was created that they would be able to show events like this. But they're choosing not to. Matt Jones said that it was because they didn't want to play, pay the music licensing fees that would go on and covering an event like that. Uh, I, I guess that if you're covering an event and there's music played at the event and you play it and you broadcast that music nationally, you have to pay some sort of fee. I don't know anything about it or anything about the price, but supposedly that's why the SEC Network wasn't planning on showing Big Blue Madness on Friday night. But here's the thing, and I think this is the the part that everybody's getting worked up on, is that the SEC Network could waive its rights to the broadcast, and you could have a local station like WKYT in Lexington cover it, and it would be on TV Friday night, and everybody would be able to watch it. Uh, but the SEC Network's not going to give up those rights. So basically, it's going to sit on the broadcast and not let anybody see it. Now, you will be able to watch the entire thing online with ESPN3. Uh, there's other ways to watch it. Again, the ESPNU or the ESPN show that's going to go from station to station, you'll be able to watch it there. So there's plenty of ways to watch it, uh, but it won't be shown in its entirety live on TV as of right now. So a lot of people are upset about it. A lot of UK fans are upset about it. A lot of the players are upset about it. And you've got a hashtag free big blue madness tweet that has been trending a lot. I guess Jerry Tipton, who writes for the Lexington Herald leader, talked to uh, some people at ESPN and SEC Network. This is uh, something Jerry Tipton tweeted. ESPNU to UK fans who want entire madness on SEC Network. ESPNU will have robust cut-in coverage of UK madness event throughout the event. Also, SEC Now, the nightly news and info show on SEC Network, will feature clips and highlights of the event. Also, the SEC Network will produce and air a separate one-hour recap show on Big Blue Madness airing at 11 p.m. So uh, UK fans are making their uh, demands and pleas to get the show on live. They're being heard, but it's not the result right now that I think a lot of UK fans felt. Um, not to be a, a negative Nancy, I don't really care because one, I've I, I can I've got Google Chromecast. So I can stream it on my phone or my computer to my TV and watch it on TV like it is a live event. I realize that not everybody can do that, and I realize why they'd be upset with it and why they want that. And if it ends up being on TV, then then good. Good for them. I'm sure John Calipari would prefer it to be on TV. I am a bit confused about how the UK's Combine can be on TV, which basically was a, just a a light version of ESPN College Game Day, Basketball Game Day. Uh, didn't show much basketball, a lot of people sitting around talking. I don't know how that could be on TV on a Friday, but you can't get Big Blue Madness on in its entirety. Uh, but if you're, if you're wondering what that hashtag was all about on Twitter and why people were getting so worked up about it, that's why. So we'll have to see what ends up happening here. But again, there are going to be ways to watch it. There are going to be ways to watch it live or watch it with cut-in coverage. 
but there won't be just a program like there was last year that you can record, watch the whole thing throughout. It is, uh, my only thing is, if you are the SEC network and you're not going to show it and, and there's the demand of people, there's many upset people about it, then give the rights up. Why not? I, I mean, I get it. It's a money thing and it's easy for me to say because it's not my money. But you'd be you'd be making a lot a lot of people a big big fan base a vocal fan base a fan base that pushed for SEC Network to get on their certain cable or satellite providers and it worked. You'd be making a fan base happy by letting it go. I doubt that's going to happen. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But a big weekend seems like most UK fans are more excited about the UK-LSU game on Saturday than Big Blue Madness. And by all means, they absolutely should be. I've been happy to hear that. I've asked some of my UK friends and family, what are you looking forward to? Big weekend, blah, 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 small talk. And nearly all of them say the LSU-UK game, they realize what's at stake there. And that's good news for UK football. One, because when you're 5-1 and one and in the thick of things, in your conference race that should always take priority Two, and again, this might ruffle some feathers. Big blue man is a little overrated. It is. It's a little bit overrated. If I had my choice to go to either big blue madness or the blue white scrimmage, and neither one was on TV, so I could only see one live and one in person, I'd go to the blue-white scrimmage. I really would. It's, it gives you a better idea of how the players are playing, the development of the players, uh, who works well with who, who doesn't work well with who, uh, who should get some minutes, who shouldn't get some minutes. Big Blue Madness is basically just a, a celebration of the start of college basketball. And if you realize that going in, then it's then it's good and it's fun. But I don't need to be introduced to these players. There's only four freshmen, and, and you got to see them in the Bahamas. You got to see them at uh, – you've gotten to see plenty of them. So I don't need to see the inter- introductions. I don't need to see if there's going to be anything funny or silly. It's a little overrated. Now, Drake could be there, and there's always something big. And two years ago, they brought out that screen that played videos, and that was one of the cooler things that I've seen at an arena. And John Calipari generally gives a very motivating speech, although he said this year he's going to keep it very short. He said that before and gone long, but I says he's going to keep it short this year. But the basketball, the scrimmage they do is just a dunk contest. It's not much to watch. Uh, it can be fun to be in that environment. It's dark. There's music. People are happy. That's always fun to be around. And, and you get to see some recruits. There's going to be plenty of good ones. There's going to be probably a dozen recruits there Friday. But you got to realize it, it's a show. It's not, if you're looking to actually see, bas- to see basketball, that's not the way to go. Got a. a before we head to our last commercial break, got a tweet in from Brun DMC. Interesting take on sponsors and conflicts of interest between jersey ads and the players that wear them. 
Interested to see what you're talking about there, Brun DMC. Give me a little bit more detail of what you're what you're trying to talk about during the break, and and we can if, weigh in a, during the. If I had to guess, uh, I think news came out yesterday that as part of the NBA's new TV deal, it has uh, some. I don't know the specifics, but there's some some stuff in there with regard to advertiser logos on NBA jerseys. Okay, and if that's what he's talking about, then I am familiar with that. Uh, Brett Dawson, again, who's been on the show a dozen times, huge NBA guy, and I remember he told me two years ago that you're going to start seeing advertising on jerseys, uh, not quite as extreme as professional soccer jerseys, but eventually it could be that extreme. But right now, but he said that you could see in the in the designs of jerseys and how they were changing that you they were making space on jerseys for advertising. And the last two years and going into this year, there there won't be any adver, there won't be any advertising. But some of the jerseys kind of look different or strange. And the reason he said that is because they were making space on it. And that's something that's going to happen. So this doesn't necessarily surprise me. I don't think it's a really big deal. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but if somebody was going to offer you money to put an ad on clothes that you're going to wear, who cares how rich you are or how much money you've already have, you might as well do it. I think this is going to be something that you're going to see happen in a lot of sports. And it's going to start with the NBA, and then other leagues are going to see, oh, they're going to make a lot of money off of it. So you're going to start seeing it some other places too, in my opinion. But we can talk more about that after the break. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here. Last final segment on a show and by quick today. On a Tuesday of the Sports Talker. So, Brun DMC explained himself a little more about what he was talking about. You were, you were right, Yates. He said, but he, furthermore say that he is exclusively sponsored by Gatorade, but there's a Powerade sponsor on the jersey. Well, this can happen everywhere. You have Cam Newton exclusively sponsored by Under Armour. He can only wear Nike in the NFL. He'll get fined if he's wearing anything. Under Armour on the field, I want to say maybe 90 minutes before the game, uh, generally does it anyways and pays the fine. Hey, uh, a relevant... uh... I guess addition to that would be the the NFL's new deal with Bose headphones, and you've got yeah. guys like Colin Kaepernick and I don't know, Richard Sherman, whoever else that are paid endorsers for Beats, and I guess it was Kaepernick or Sherman. One of those guys was fined like the 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 day after that deal was announced because they were still wearing their Beats headphones. And I think there was a picture that I saw today of Kaepernick at the press conference last night after the game, and he had tape over the Beats logo on his headphones. I, Darren Rovell, who is, I basically follow him on Twitter for 
just to get a good laugh at the responses because he's not a very well-liked person. He was actually uh, tweeting some useful information about this. I mean, he was so disliked, Darren Ravel. Uh, I can see why from time to time, but maybe not to the extent that he's disliked, but it is funny to see. Uh, but he actually had some interesting stuff on that, and I would need to go back and see it. Supposedly, I think the NFL originally said that if any NFL player was photographed wearing beats in an NFL facility or complex or on the field, it could result in a fine. But I think they went back and said that they can wear beats or wear other headphones, again, maybe up to like a certain point on, of game time or along those lines. But Yates, I did see that they put uh, covered up the Beats logo. And if that's the the K, if the NBA goes to sponsors on ads and uh, like Brun DMC said, you get a Gatorade Powerade controversy. It's just something that the, the athlete's going to have to deal with. He's going to have to wear a jersey that's sponsored by another player. This happened in the NBA this past year. Was it Gatorade? And LeBron, when he started cramping up, and then Powerade was making fun of him to an extent because Powerade, because uh, Powerade has an endorsement deal with, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but this is uh, that's kind of a different situation now that I said it out loud. But it's uh, something you're gonna have to deal with. It it happens. It happens in other sports. I'm sure it happens in soccer and the. English Premier League, I'm sure that stuff happens all the time. Uh, a couple quick hitters here before we go. Uh, Brun DMC sent me a link for Kyle Wilcher shattering the world record for behind-the-back shots. The original record was 24 feet, which I have a tough time believing. I could make a 24-foot behind-the-back shot, I'm sure, if I'm given 500 balls. But he makes one from half court. That's impressive. I couldn't do that. Uh, he makes two of them. Uh, Kyle Wilcher... Great basketball player, Gonzaga, is going to be a sleeper for the Final Four, uh, but still one of the more awkward players in college basketball. He doesn't know how to celebrate. It's weird. It's like he's some type of robot. Brun DMC also sent me a link to three uh, Ball State football players were involved in a poo dollar incident where they put a dollar that had poo on it and gave it to their waitress. Uh, they're in trouble with the law because of that. And then this is my third quick hitter. Uh, a St. Paul man dressed as a drunken or dressed as a zombie Santa Claus. He was drunk. Uh, he was not dressed as a drunken zombie Santa Claus. He was drunk while dressed as a zombie. A zombie Santa Claus uh, invaded a St. Paul home. Uh, he broke in there uh, because he was drunk. Didn't I don't think he knew where he was. The kids saw him. There was a couple teenagers, young teenagers, that saw him. Uh, if you saw a zombie Santa Claus, you would be a little bit frightened. Um, nobody was hurt. Everything was okay. He was arrested. Uh, but the father did have a, a good quote saying, the family will never think of Santa the same way. So I'll let you end on that note. Now Santa will be ruined because... Uh, a drunk guy dressed up as a zombie Santa broke into their house. No more Christmas for that house. Uh, if you're drunk, you, you've got to you got to be careful where you end up. You hear stories like that happen all too often. But 
a few quick hitters on the way out. Uh, thanks for putting up with my computer problems during the show today. Uh, we'll get those taken care of today. I'm getting more familiar with this as I go along. Should be clear tomorrow, uh, and we should have another fun edition of the Sports Talker tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you then. They say welcome to the 502 Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do Oprah Freaks, classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 270, be hitting two Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple